My name is John Johnson, but everyone here calls me Vicky. Who's Ronald Reagan? A casual shoe for yachting. What is a blue There's three rules that I live by. Never get less than 12 hours sleep. Never play cards with a guy who's got the same first name as a city. And never go near a lady who's got a tattoo of a dagger in her body. And you stick with that. Everything else is cream cheese. B-A-N-A-N-S. Say it's warm up here for most of the summer. I have no opinion. Let the boy watch. What sort of backwards fucking pageantry is that? I love to chat. A very special episode of Non Revenue Radio, the uh, Delta variant. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. The Delta variant episodes, the Delta variant era of non-revenue era yeah era. you prefer era well i mean we want to do more than one right uh we'll see let's not right. let's not count the chicken cart before. horse kind of cart thing. horse uh i said it today on twitter you know don't count your episodes before they're recorded <laughs> so. uh jared's here hey dan hi scott is here hello you probably already established with his witty his witty repartee is that okay? Can I say it like that? Sure. Oh, it is okay. Well, um, you've been to France. I haven't. Am I policing your language now? <laughs> Somebody on. has to <laughs> at this point. Uh, thanks for. Hey, we're all in the same room, which is mm-hmm. in, insane. Um, whether or not that's a, a necessarily a good idea. I mean, we're all um, vaxxed, so it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. And I've had two negative tests within the last month. Oh, have you? Mm-hmm. Well, anytime, Jerry, you want us to all show up with our vaccination cards, we'd be more than willing. You know. Well, the, the, the elephant in the room is you are so uh, giddy about your new microphone for podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> our first episode back. This is 103, by the way. Oh, is it? Yeah. Hmm. So I was, I was kind of I was thinking about that, of thinking, did, do we, does it deserve a full reboot? And and uh, some sort of number one indicator, with maybe a slightly different title, like how Suicide Squad went from Suicide Squad to the Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess we're just gonna stick with 103. <laughs> this is the, this is the James Gunn version of not. No, um, yeah, I do. I do have a, a, a nice nicer microphone, um, an AK, AKG that I am using for music demos. Um, the oh. problem as it stands right now, is that I still lack a nice um, stand setup. Oh, right. Sure. So when I when I put that, AK, that AKG condenser mic on this little puny stand, mm-hmm. I then use a bro- halfway broken boom stand to house my uh, spit guard and, oh, like, yeah. and, and bring it down in front of me in this weird like contraption setup in my <laughs> basement home studio. And I figured that would just look ridiculous. Like a dentist light. Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah, it's exactly like a dentist light, actually. And it looks rather ridiculous, so I figured I would just stick with this, lest I 
you know, bring ridicule upon myself, which I just did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to. I, I wanted to feel like I was helping you out. Did you watch the new Suicide Squad yet? No, I have the, not. Have you watched the the new Suicide? Squad? I haven't even watched Suicide Squad minus the the the. the so. Oh really? No. Oh, it's it's. I've actually awful. never consumed any it's Harley awful. Quinn content of any sort. So, but I've heard some of them are pretty good. Well, this the one that I saw was the new one was. Uh, uh, you know, it was very entertaining. It was a good time. Um, An action-filled romp. It, it's exactly <laughs> what it was. And you'll and and you know, you and I will go back and and, and by the way, for uh, listener, um, we've been doing this show. It hasn't been like we've stopped doing this show. We just do this show on text messages. So mm-hmm. it's, the show's been going on for. So yeah. email us for the transcripts. Yeah, we'll let you compile those. Okay. Scott. We should just, we should just feed those through a, a, a text reader, yeah. <laughs> like the, the thread unfolder or whatever that is on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I was I of course I I fucking hate like I listen to uh, we we both listen to film podcasts quite a bit, and you know I can't help but also feel like. These are the whole comic book thing is very, you know, obviously we know why they're doing it. And some of those movies I've been entertained by, but I also hate what they're doing to the film industry as well. So usually when I'm watching one of those movies, I'm kind of swallowing hard going, okay, yeah. you know, like at least fucking entertain me. For- it's not freeing up money for art films. No. Yeah. It- so, or just, I mean, not even art films, but just like, like one today, I mean, they were talking about the fugitive. They don't make the fucking fugitive anymore. Like just like an the, action, an action movie. Oh, that gotcha. Is, you know that isn't. <laughs> it has a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, that has a <laughs> plot and isn't like all the actors aren't on HGH and so it's or know. acting in uh, front of green screens. Right. Exactly. Mm. It's like actual practical effects and stuff like that. So it's uh, squibs. That's right, squibs. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, that, that movie I was entertained by, and I think, I think that you'll watch it and, and you'll, you'll appreciate it on the same sort of level that I do. But, um, yeah. Uh, Val Kilmer doc. It was very good. I don't yeah. know why, why I'm getting text message notifications on my damn laptop. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was, I mean, it's a, it's a downer in spots because, you know, dude doesn't have a voice box anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> effectively, but, um, was that the impetus for the film? I think it had something, some to do with it, but the, like the, the, the really awesome thing about it. And I've actually, I've, I've seen this in a few documentaries over the last few years that really makes me kind of like feel like a waste with some of my travels and, and time spent, um, doing fun things in my life is that, Val Kilmer literally carried a camcorder around for his entire career. Hmm. Like his entire career from Juilliard Institute of theater through all the movies he made, he carried a camcorder around to all those sets and just documented his life. And I think around the time that he got sick, he and his son started to just go through it all. And I think that was the impetus for putting together the sort of the life story angle of it. Hmm. Um, and it just like the way they did it was it was really beautifully done. Cool. A lot of like 
really awesome footage of him and his family. You know, it's like it's you know in one scene you're seeing him hanging out with all the Top Gun dudes, which is you know it's kind of hilarious old footage of just like people like you know about to like just take off in their careers. Yeah. And then the very like next scene is him at his mom's house in New Mexico at Christmas, just you know. And she's like, "Oh, Val, can you can you hear on that too?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, is like, it recording my voice? voice? Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's it just like it was it, it, the way that it it was it flowed like that. And then on top of it, the narration was all first person, but it was his son Jack recording it, and he sounds exactly like young Val Kilmer. Hmm. So yeah. it just I mean, it was just, it just had this authenticity that was just like it kept you engaged the whole time. Yeah, is it Netflix? No, it's on Prime. It's on Amazon. I know, I know. We just ditched that. Yeah, and uh, the 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 one of the early um, scenes he talks about when he gets out of Juilliard, he gets a role in a in a play, and he was going to be the first lead, and he was like, "Oh, great! This is yeah, this will be great." And he, <laughs> they come to him and they're like. Actually, could you be the second lead? Because uh, Kevin Bacon signed, decided oh. to sign on. He was like, "Yeah, okay, I guess." And they, and then huh. a couple weeks later, they come back to him and they're like, "Actually, could you be the third lead? Because uh, Sean Penn signed on too." <laughs> so God. he ends up just <laughs> kind of telling this great story about how he how he went from being the lead of the play to just kind of the third, which was kind of the butt of the joke of the whole, mm-hmm. the whole, uh, so play. he was like Saturday matinee guy. Yeah. And so it was, it, but it was, they, he had old archival footage of him with Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon backstage when they were hmm. in their early twenties. Right. Yeah. Something like that. That must've been, but, but yeah, I mean, then he just goes through some of the decisions that he made, like through his career, but every, the, the through line of the whole thing is how he's just the clo- the closeness with his kids is just awesome to hmm. watch. You know, um, he goes through some of how he earned sort of a reputation for being quote unquote difficult to work with, and which was mostly started by Frankenheimer on the dial- Doctor the Island of Doctor Moreau right. set, and Frankenheimer was just as crazy as as any- anybody <laughs> right. else was being right. I thought so, you were going to say like he never broke character when he's Jim Morrison. <laughs> he did that. He almost he almost caused him a divorce. Really? Yeah. Oh shit. Which I didn't know that he had married uh, Sorsha from Willow. That was they got they met on that. Well, they, he originally had seen her in London when he was doing. I'm not familiar. You okay? <laughs> oh, there right. was a, there was an old Onion headline that said Willow rented. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I left it uh, at that. I quit. I quit this fucking <laughs> podcast. I'm done. I'm done. Well, I mean, if not for Willow, we wouldn't have the greatest episode of Life's Too Short ever made. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a really uh, it's a really compelling watch, and I kind of do hope they take it like it it has a second life off of Prime because I mean, I'm actually really coming out of it. I'm really curious, like what how his appearance in Top Gun Maverick actually worked. Yeah. Yeah. Like did he like did Jack go in and do additional audio to be the voice yeah, or I something? Know. I don't know. Yeah. Cuz I mean, I don't know how long ago that film was even filmed at this point. It's been delayed so much. Right, cuz cuz his his medical stuff 
started in like 2016. Yeah, right? it was like because he was doing the Mark Twain thing in like yeah. 14, 15 ish. Yeah. So. Is he like terminal and doomed, or is he no, just going to be the shitty rest of his can, life? He's, he's cancer free, huh. and I guess he just they. But just, like, does he have a yeah. like yeah. a talk box? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He has to put his finger over his air hole to, to speak. Um, God, that shit creeps me out. Yeah, yeah. and but apparently, I Jenna just said seen, the smoker vapor. <laughs> kidding. Um, Jenna just seen a thing where they had just given him a new kind of voice contraption mm-hmm. to use so um yeah hopefully mm-hmm. i mean it just it really was i th- that guy they were showing one where he was at a, they were showing a scene where he was at a comic-con and uh he is signing autographs and stuff and at one point he's just like i need to take a break yeah. you know he he's just like there's a couch like right behind him and he just like has to lay down immediately you know and um i don't know i just was thinking about going and seeing somebody like that and like that condition and just how that would just be heartbreaking, you know, mm-hmm. somebody that you grew up with like that and just like seeing them and that would be just so sad, you yeah. know, <laughs> it would feel getting the retrospective of his career though, via that doc just made me realize how many like roles I've loved him in. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it, like spanning each decade too, yeah. like the, um, what was the, the, the Africa movie. What was that called again? The Africa the, the, movie. Man, I'm not. I'm. It's the Zara. the Ghost in the Darkness. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That one, and then uh, what was it? Thunderheart. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and then um, the one about John Holmes, Wonderland. That I never the, saw that one. Yeah. Dude, that movie's intense. Yeah. It's. I mean, he he's crazy good in it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's just he's he's always been around, and mm. obviously, you know, Doc Holliday is the quintessential. Yeah, that's yeah. the you know, I've named a couple songs after. His it's a <laughs> yeah, highly quotable part. It is. Yep, it is. So yeah, uh, I I I would I was kind of blown away. I thought it was going to be a lot fluffier than it was, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was really really good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, we haven't talked on this podcast since, uh, the wild bought out Suter and Parisi. I don't think that we have, we talked, we've talked about it online about like, yeah, I don't know where to go. I don't, I don't know where to go with it. Um, I don't either. I mean, I couldn't tell you if it's good or bad. It's Craig's money, not mine. (laughs) (laughs) Was it? Scott, was it the right move? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Time it's, will tell. I mean, it, it it's clear it's it, clearly Garen taking control of the of the team, swinging for, his for, dick around for better or worse. You know, like yeah. I think everybody agreed that Parisi was no longer worth the value of his AAV or whatever they say mm. that dist- you know that um that articulates what a player. But what do you guys think about the thing that bothered me? And I didn't, I didn't wa- I didn't get to watch most of the season cause we cut the cord and then, uh, we were traveling during the playoffs and, um, like, was he just a cancer? Like why? Like you can't tell me that he wasn't good enough to play fourth line. Like he really wasn't good enough to play fourth line or sit in front of the I, net on the power play and just 
get his back ruined yeah like i he's think i want think to he's, do i think he's i think he was a cancer pretty much really the, like in the locker or, room yeah okay yeah i think it was Suter and parisi's show and and every every coach they really had up till everson they were just kowtowed to the two guys who were making, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yo couldn't do anything about it because yep. he wanted a job, yep. you know, another job. But yeah, well, I don't know. Fuck I mean, him then. Yeah, <laughs> Su- I mean, and Suter was best friends with the owner, so you're not t- going to tell him to get fucked. So, um, yeah, the fact that the fact that Garen convinced Leopold to also buy out Suter is the part that I was like, whoa, I yeah, I couldn't believe that. Like he agreed to that. That too. Yeah. Like you can't just like knock his minutes down and make him a well, that's third the thing. liner. I mean, Suter is still, you know, he's still a top four. He's, you know, he's on a really good team. He's four or five. Right. On a, yeah. on a middling playoff team. He's three, four. Yep. Um, so he's still going to earn. I mean, like Dallas gave him immediately gave him the same term that he had left here. Just, but it was like know, three or four, three or four million. Like, dollars yeah. Left, yeah. Yeah. So he ended up making more. So Goligoski's making more. <laughs> yeah probably but yeah i mean I, I i just checked out cap friendly after that happened and looked at the cap hit for the next like not this year but like the two following it was like oh god yeah like, yeah i was that was the thing that i was i mean it was nice to like hold on to some like maybe hold on to dumba mm-hmm. for the expansion draft like that might have had something to do with it but they're fully. I was still fucking shocked. Yeah, in terms of the cap, they're fully banking on a few things happening. They're they're banking on um, Goligoski being good for like the one year, and then staying on a lower term deal next year, and then also just getting younger for the um, Kaprizov and shut the a the sixth defenseman. Because they ended up losing Susie, so yeah, they, they, they don't have to pay him. <laughs> <laughs> But then also, you know, going younger with Talbot after next year, and then um, yeah, those the third and fourth line forwards being like ultimately they want them to be their prospect pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see. Works for me. I mean, it's fucking more yeah. interesting than a lot of the moves they've done over yeah. the, the. But yeah, it's going to be for the next like this year aside. The next two three years are going to be tight for sure. Yeah, but they they obviously did some sort of like cost benefit analysis on having Suter around being the de facto like you know unspoken coach, and we're like, yeah, we'd rather not have him around. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess that when they. We've all, we've talked about the actual meaning of wearing you know, the captaincy, but when Koivu leaves and they don't give it to Suter or Parisi, it was kind of yeah. like, oh, really? Like, mm-hmm. Hmm. Um. But yeah, I mean, did you hear like did you hear all the drama that went on? Apparently the no. Apparently, what happened was uh, Suter and Parisi are on the phone together and. Suter looks at like his phone buzzes. He looks at it. He's like, Oh, I just missed a call from, from Bill. From Garrett. old Bill Garrett. <laughs> Bill Garrett. <laughs> and so Breeze is like, Oh, he's calling me right now. I'll, I'll call you back. And so he hangs up and he talks to Garrett. And that's when Garrett tells Parisi, like, see you. Out. see you. And so then he calls, then Suter calls him just to see what's going on. And he tells Suter <laughs> that he's buying him out and Suter hangs up on him. Thanks. On Garen? Yeah. yeah, he can't. He hung up on Garen. Yeah. 
What a little bitch. <laughs> God. But that's what I mean. That's what I, I that's what I mean is that you can't it, treat me. Yeah, you can. Yeah. You're a worker. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, never dealt with management before. Being your worker in a union. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in one of the only unions that still works. Right, right. So I think it was that was really, I think just that kind of was telling enough. I mean, it, like you said, it, you're going to cut Parisi's, you're going to just straight up bench the guy during, you know, Because the then he came back months. and scored a couple goals, didn't yeah. he? Like important yeah. ones. Yeah. And like I said, I, I, I didn't watch enough to be like, was that warranted or, you know, was it? Because actually when, when they sat him in uh, earlier in the year, like I just, I just went off on like my conspiracy things. It was just like, mm. oh, this is just a kind of, you know, they probably pulled him aside and been like, we have to show the team that you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that like, you're culpable or, you know, right. you have to. Like everybody that. has to like pull their weight. But then they fucking benched him in the playoffs. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is where the kind of bit ends, isn't it? Right, yeah. you would think. But hmm. so I'm, la- I'm glad we got that out of the way. I don't, they're not going to be any good this year, are they? The Wild? Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, if the Russian comes back, they should be fine. Yeah. At least be entertaining. Yeah. yeah. They still got Zuccarello and a couple other veteran forwards. That, Fiala. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They got Fiala on a prove it deal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I wonder who wanted that. I think, honestly, I think Garen's, like, the Parisi suitor thing, he's trying to, like, think long game. Uh-huh. With Fiala, he was like, all right, we just got to we gotta make sure he's here. <laughs> Take care of him. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, <laughs> I'm fucked. Because, <laughs> because next year I have no cap space. Right. So right, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll worry about that next year. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Because he clearly, the only multi-year deal he wants to give right now is to the Russian kid. Yeah. As it should be, because mm-hmm. that might attract some actual real talent. Yep, to town. Who knows? Jack Eichel. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Eichel. There's this one woman I follow. Uh, he's uh, still in Buffalo, isn't he? On he's Twitter, st- yeah, yeah, and he still oh. hasn't had neck surgery. And she, she's a Rangers fan, and she's just like every day tweeting. You know, it's like leftist politics and like the Jack Eichel story. Yeah. So it's it's super funny. <laughs> just like. Eh, well, I guess if you're a Rangers fan, you can dream about whoever you want. You really can, yeah. You wouldn't want to play for the Rangers <laughs> or live in New York or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Gabrick wanted to, I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> and then he got to go play in L.A. Yeah. He got all of his dreams. Bright all lights. All of his dreams came true. Bright lights. Bright lights, and then he got to be on the beach. Oh, yeah. My gosh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Jack Morris... Well, that's it. Uh, you will never cease to amaze me, old dudes saying shit that they don't think about before they say it. It's 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 unbelievable. I mean, I've never met an old white racist before. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like I just I only read the headline. I didn't listen. Yeah, I, no, I, I didn't. I didn't listen to the thing. I didn't listen to the clip either. I read a transcript of it though. Uh-huh. He basically he was talking about Otani. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. And he did the drop the R's for L's thing. Yeah. Oh. And it's yeah. like, A, what a hacky bit. <laughs> yeah. Like, where did you get your, like, yeah, your I mean, joke from? Like, 1978. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like I was telling Dan, you you just took you took the drunk guys hanging out on Mr. Miyagi's truck 
drinking beer from Karate Kid and turn that into a joke on national TV. It's like, tr- do better, man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It, 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 but the fact that, like, the, the neurons firing as your brain sends that to your mouth, and, mm-hmm. like, I feel like anybody I know who's semi functional, white or not, would have the capability of stopping that before it came out of your mouth. <laughs> I just, I don't understand how that happens. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. But then it, it was the other thing that I happened to see on the, it, like, coincidentally, on the exact same day was somebody unearthed uh, a quote when Morris was still a pitcher for the Tigers. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he was in the locker room, and he 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 says some totally like piggish to a woman reporter. Oh yeah, and I was like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> it's all happening for you today, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah, and then he inevitably follows it up with the on-air apology, non-apology. Oh, that's my favorite apology. I'm sorry if you were. I'm offended. sorry if anybody was offended. That's not an apology, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, the, and the ball player bailed him out too. It was just like, yeah, well, big of you, man, but. Oh, Tani bailed him out. He was like, oh, I didn't take anything off. Yeah. Yeah. God, why do the Angels suck so bad? That guy rules. <laughs> That's what I've heard from everything yeah. I've read. I haven't... Uh, I want to watch. Because he's a fucking pitcher, too. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. leading the AL in home runs, and he's right. a pitcher. <laughs> like, he throws 100 miles an hour or something. God. I had, to, I had to have Jer explain that to me. because I mean, So, I was like, let me get this straight. So, this guy goes out every fifth day and pitches, and then... Days one through four, he's just the DH. He's like, "Yep." I'm like, "I love this guy." Yeah. Like, this is how he plays both sides of the ball. Do, do any does anybody know if that's commonplace in like Japan specifically, but any of the Asian leagues? Like, I, have I have no, no idea. idea. I, I just no idea. I didn't know who this guy was before this year, obviously, because right. I don't follow Japanese baseball. Yeah, I don't either. Like, <laughs> oh, the only thing I know about ever it is, since uh, Yoshi like it, Nishioka. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm, I'm really done. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. No, but I know they play like a like a small ball style, or at least they did when I was, you know, following the a lot of the trajectory of when mm, the Japanese players small started coming. What is that supposed to mean? Well, they do a lot of like bunting and just yeah, yeah. kind of how Ichiro hits. Yeah. You know, like they're not swinging for the fences, right? Like, yeah. Like the the MLB, kind of like how Nishioka should have hit, mm-hmm. right? If he could have hit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that dude, I looked it up the other day. I didn't realize Nishi or not. Oh God, not Nishi. Oh God, <laughs> I have to wipe that <laughs> name from my mind. Uh, Ichiro won MVP and Rookie of the Year the same year. Holy shit! Yeah, I didn't realize that. It was that oh, t- like two thousand one? Yeah. It was that year that Mariners won like 116 games. Oh yeah, they like oh. almost then, broke the record. Yeah, and then they lost in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> when they had like Edgar Martinez yeah. and all those guys. They should have gotten Jay Buna. If you can pitch and play defense, yeah, you give yourself give a chance, chance to win the baseball game. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that has been a that has been an interesting uh, storyline in in the majors, and I wish yeah, I wish I. I wish I gave a shit. Didn't, I wonder what would my baseball. reaction would have been if I had I been watching that live. Just like, did I just fucking hear that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, like, oh. yeah. 
I don't, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I, I read part of the article too, and it was just like, oh my god, just. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> and it, it, the, can't we get a fresh crop of people yeah. in all of these fucking? Well, yeah, booths? I know. Well, it's like, yeah, Jesus it, Christ. And Morris has had been splitting time between the Tigers and the Twins. Like he's he's you know he's just he's he's doing multiple. He's covering multiple teams with his white ass hair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I it, the only thing that would have made it better. Would have been if it would have been with Bremer, and we would have gotten Bremer's uncomfortable reaction because <laughs> Bremer's dealt with all the Burt's shit over the yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh! Oh goodness! And in, didn't another didn't another Tiger like color guy get in trouble for something? Like, are you thinking of the Reds guy? Was it a, the Reds guy? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Who dropped like a gay slur? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. yeah. He was saying something too, and then he like immediately called a home run. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think this is last summer. This is how far back this yeah. goes. Yeah. Then, like during the pandemic season when there was no fans. Yeah, they were talking shit about Cincinnati or something or <laughs> some Jesus. whatever town. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's really awesome. bringing it into the 21st century, mm-hmm. aren't you? Baseball, good job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now they're you know they're looking to sign with Barstool Sports. Oh, I know to bring in the kids. Yeah. Oh, that'll be perfect. That'll be. Mm-hmm. Let's get your misogyny right here, yeah. folks. <laughs> this is a sport that wholly ignores women anyway. That was <laughs> right. that was a uh, that was a, a local dust up too. Is um, Randball had done a an article about. Barstool Sports partnering with the major leagues, and it just brought that up, and it just said, you know, these guys have uh, issues, issues, and, <laughs> you and know, it, and immediately the internet dipshits like made Portnoy aware, and he like called out Randball. Randball went on to his podcast to his credit mm-hmm. on um, Portnoy's, yeah. yeah. But God, that guy is such an asshole. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously, and it just reminded me he's of an how- American. Yeah, <laughs> it reminded capitalist. me how like during the the peak of the pandemic last summer in New York City, he was like crusading for all the small business owners, but essentially he was just you know um, he was just administering a GoFundMe. Oh, so, okay. Like, yeah. But everybody was reporting it as Dave Portnoy has raised like X million dollars for New York City restaurant tours. Mm-hmm. But no, he he was you know, he was just kind of running the PayPal essentially. <laughs> awesome. But he was going on all the news shows to fucking pat himself on the back about it. Mm-hmm. Build that brand. Yeah. Oh. Proud to be an American. <laughs> oh, yeah, um is that all I got for the f- Oh no, Carly Lloyd. Yeah, man. Retiring. End of an era. Yeah. Yeah. Hell of a run. Yeah. She's going to play her final uh, U.S. Women's National Team match here at Allianz Field in St. Paul. After her teammates say, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out because you're pissed about us kneeling. Oh, so, so Scott. <laughs> Jesus. Is everything political with you two? I'm just kidding. <laughs> This is really funny because <laughs> more on that in a bit. <laughs> it um, so the announcement came out I think like Monday that she was intending to retire and 
there was some sort of release or leak that they would be announcing a series of like four friendlies in the fall that would be her final games with the national team and that she would also be retiring from the NWSL. She plays for Gotham FC, I think, in the Women's Pro League. Mm-hmm. Um, so that the end of that season would also be the end of her career there. And so it leaked that, you know, it, I, I was stoked because it leaked they were going to get a game at Allianz. Um, and then, like, the next day, you know, they made it official. It's going to be a series of games in, like, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Kansas City, and St. Paul. The hot spots. And... <laughs> And uh, we and I happened upon an independent article that was basically signal boosting the announcement. Like independent from the UK? Yeah, okay. the UK independent. Basically signal boosting the announcement that Carly Lloyd was retiring, but the headline said uh, Lloyd retiring from US Women's National Team after breaking with team on Anthem. Oh. But when you read the article, it doesn't actually connect those issues in any way it just mentions that she was one of the players who didn't kneel and like it doesn't editorialize any further than that (laughs) so like the art like the the headline itself was literally just clickbait right the article doesn't say anything further about it it's in no way related to why she's retiring right yeah i mean she's like 40 right yeah she's 39 yeah Yeah, she's almost 40 it's It's so fucking funny. Oh God. And that you were so, like, you felt like it was just sour grapes. Like, <laughs> I, I commented on the fact that the 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 the, uh, the Brits were super into their lionesses in 2019. They were like, they're going to go to France and win it, and we beat them. Mm. So they're mm. probably they're just bitter still. Good, you know. <laughs> Piers, Stay bitter. <laughs> Piers Morgan was was you know. Oh, I love mm. it when he's bitter. <laughs> Add another sausage to your English breakfast. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome when Piers Morgan talks about, like, like disparages people about quitting. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got actual video footage of him quitting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that guy is just... It just doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. doesn't Nothing matters. Language doesn't mean anything. Like... Who the fuck watches that guy? <laughs> Seriously, it was like, oh my god, I'm hanging on every word of that fucking. Well, I don't know. I've I've, I've mentioned to both of you. I, I I asked. I just offhand asked Falco on Twitter, like, do you do y'all over there have this? Do you have Americans on your te- television nightly, like condescending to your politics and your culture <laughs> <Right>? to you? <laughs> Because that's a fucking cottage industry with the Brits in this fucking country. I don't know why we're obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. Like, I know, like, John Oliver's funny. I get it. Yeah. I don't need to hear his fucking take on American fucking society. Like, like. It is funny. It's funny. (laughs) And it's done well. But like. And he's been here a while. And he's been here a while. But like, Pierce Morgan, fuck off. I heard Nigel Farage was like going to move here. Like, fuck. Dude, in's all full. (laughs) I'm fucking like. On, yeah, on brain dead old fucks. Yeah, yeah like, just, just go away. Yeah. We're good with blowhards. Yeah, yeah. the good. old white blowhard men are. It's it. We got them in. We, yeah. they're coming out of our ears. Oh, I read a tweet on Twitter the other day that told me Rush Limbaugh is six months drug free. <laughs> <laughs> he also hasn't sexually harassed. Yeah, in and six I think months. that's yeah. true. That's <laughs> when they go low, we go high, folks. That's right. <laughs> Is it time? Like, should we car? Yeah. Okay. Car! Game on! Game on! Oh, wasn't that a 
a, uh, a, a fun uh, little yeah, kind of came out firing. We did. First half. Uh, well, it's been a, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been since like this afternoon. Got that that Limbaugh shot is awesome. <laughs> Shouldn't yeah. he be eating dinner? It's an all timer. <laughs> 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 Reading texts. The show the show goes on as we said before. Yeah, yeah. Throughout our lives, yeah. all the time, we're just not always recording. So. <laughs> <laughs> As the world turns, let us know if you, you want us to or to add you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if we could get that text thread up to like twenty people, dude, I, I'll just shut my phone plan down. The <laughs> shitty thing is, is most days at work now, I I don't have time for like witty retorts or like even to read most of it. It moves so quickly. Yeah, I can't even imagine if we add more people that yeah. you know. Yeah, it's. Uh... With flappier gums. <laughs> Although it would be funny, but I mean, it would take me three hours to get through when I'm at lunchtime and then mm. another three hours after work to respond to. Yeah. Like just hitting the thumbs up like 20 times. I'll emphasize this. a gift card for their birthday that thumbs up. It's bullshit. It's so disingenuous. Well, sometimes it doesn't make me laugh. It just makes me smile. So, like, no, when I say ha ha, I'm legitimately yeah. laughing. And Honest, honest emoji reaction. Yeah. It's like the interested button on Facebook events. <laughs> Fuck off. You're not I take wrong. this shit seriously, Dan. I know. I know. I know. So uh, Scott was wondering, the next thing sort of on the itinerary is something that uh, we are referring to as film school, where Jer is probably, you're probably been more, uh, uh, yeah. I've been watching the Suicide Squad, <laughs> and you've been going back and watching actual uh, good movies. Well, yeah, I mean, s- sort of. I mean, in defense of your The Suicide Side Squad, I have been telling you for weeks that you have to watch Triple Nine. Can I Netflix. retract The and call it The Suicide Squad, <laughs> yes. like The Ohio State University? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And henceforth. The Suicide Squad, henceforth. Yeah, so I I've uh, um I've tried to, you know, it was always kind of something I like to do um probably about a decade ago around the time of the Golden Globes every year is I would I would try to like pick out some of the indie movies and stuff that I wasn't really aware of that I I kind of became aware of around that time mm-hmm. and really seek them out usually at that time by illegal torrent but <laughs> you know, now that we all, we all have you know, 80 different subscription services and, or, um, the, uh, the online media library I've access to that I won't name here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've rhymes with Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It does actually. <laughs> um, so I've been trying to go back to like, especially the seventies cause the seventies have some really badass movies that I've just never seen. So it, within the last year or so, I've started to kind of brush up on like, like Redford movies and like, Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, and like I watched the uh, the uh, um, shit. What's Dick Tracy's name again? Warren, Warren Beatty. Beatty. Yeah, the Warren Beatty movie, The Parallax View. Mm-hmm. Like okay. just this like seventies kind of like government conspiracy and or you know like things like that. Um, and they're just they're all just fucking wild to watch. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Just you know the difference in technology and everything alone is just crazy. But I. I really enjoy the filmmaking it's like it's it's like listening to you know zeppelin records mm-hmm. in a way like you hear all the places you you hear and see all the places that movies are gonna go 
mm. in it when you're watching it. Um, so it's it's kind of a it's it's that satisfaction like that you feel like you're checking off a box and you're seeing you know how things became the way they are yeah. like, mm-hmm. how David Fincher became David Fincher and yeah. how you know Michael Mann and fucking PTA and people like that Quentin the, like the 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 films they grew up on mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of cool it's been nice. a cool exercise yeah. but then I've also been filling it with absolute garbage crime <laughs> <laughs> as I'm wont to do yeah. once a week it's I'm like oh you know I Oh, speed is just a, such a time of just those LA just crime yeah. cop, you know, like in the middle of summer, it just feels hot, like point break and stuff. <laughs> Jericho's Den of Thieves, man. <laughs> <laughs> Den of Thieves. So, Scott, Den of Thieves was this just like ultra violent, like heist movie with Gerard Butler and fucking O'Shea Jackson Jr. <laughs> like okay. 50 cent <laughs> and um, dude from wire season two, uh, uh, Pablo Schreiber. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's awful. Nikki Sabatka. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's awful and amazing at the same time. <laughs> Couldn't recommend Nikki it more. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, mine kind of, I stumbled into, Last night was, or two nights ago, was The Natural. I had never seen The Natural. You really? Yeah. Never wow. watched I haven't either. it from end to end. I had it recorded so many times on the DVR and yeah. never pushed play. Yeah. It's like, I have to watch this. Yeah. I this love is, baseball. This yeah. Is, this is shocking. Is right? it? I can't believe I'm hearing this from both of you. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I love baseball. He never saw Willow. I mean, if we're doing this, let's do this. Let There's me, a lot of the, the, masterpieces the, that I have not seen. The first time <laughs> Willow is not one The of first time I'm aware. The Natural's not? No, Willow is. Oh, <laughs> the first time I can remember actually encountering Scott in a social setting was at a baseball camp. So this is astounding. Yeah, that is that he astounding. Not seen. Two died in the wool like baseball nerds. Hey, I took my pointers from Dean Boyer, not from Robert Redford. <laughs> I'm sure that's like a Mankato. Reference or was it Art Westfall? No, it was Dean Boyer's okay. hitting camp yeah. at Mankato State. <laughs> Lee Trevino's. <laughs> <laughs> You selected power drive. <laughs> but I, Might I, we suggest putter? Power was, drive. <laughs> I also attended Art Westfall's pitchers and catchers camp yeah. though at Bethany. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fucker taught me how to frame pitches, and we won some ball games. Yeah, that. he taught me how to work quickly because I couldn't throw very hard. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I was surprised. I knew his ball, <laughs> be it basket or base. Yeah, he was a he was a two sport athlete. Oh well, he was a two sport coach. Oh, okay. I went to his basketball camp. Yeah, too. <laughs> dude, those Bethany teams were so fun. Yeah. Oh my god, they were so fun to go Ju- to. Like junior college, like back in the old um, that, Mi- that old Minnesota Minneapolis junior college league, where the like was Minneapolis Community College was always really good. Bethany yeah. always came up here and like. Did really well yeah. against those yeah. teams. Like Shit. legit, did well. Mm-hmm. I had no. a high school friend that played for them, and it was like him and like a Milwaukee pipeline. Uh-huh. And they literally did like uh, what is that guy's name? Former Lakers, uh, Loyola Marymount guy, Kurt Rambis. No, Westhead or Whitehead? Westhead. Westhead. Yeah. Yeah. It was just fucking run and gun. Yeah. Just like I. Yeah. We're just gonna run you to death, and they did, and it was awesome watching like JUCO players do like, well, we're gonna score 120 tonight. Jeez, it was, it was insane. Wow. And now they're a four-year D3 school. Oh, pretty forgettable in the Mankato scene because they've already got their D2 school. So yeah. drat. 
<sighs> that's too bad. Anyway, the natural. Uh, well, the natural was actually, I mean, it surprised the shit out of me because I had it kind of pegged as one movie and it kind of turned out to be something totally different. Yeah. You know? Um, it's multi-layered for sure. It is. He's a I hockey was, player. <laughs> <laughs> um, so biathlon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, did you ever get through? I did you ever watch all the President's Men? Yeah, I've Cause, seen it. Yeah, because I've been trying. Like I've been trying to go down that. Like I watched. I never seen um, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid until like last summer. Uh, I was like, who is? What is with this Redford guy? Like that everybody talks about because right. I had never really because he was just sort of and so yeah I, I didn't make it through all all the president's men fully but like um it's I it's I mean it's it's obviously a movie of a time both when it's set and when it was actually filmed but I mean I always kind of rolled my eyes about people that would say like it's the greatest sports movie of all time and i'm like mm-hmm. no that's blue chips and everybody knows that that's no, major league it, but yeah or major league. <laughs> uh <laughs> go ahead Jeremy. or is it bull durham i don't know bull durham's pretty good <laughs> i would go bad news bears but huh. bad news bears is pretty good too i might i might go slap i might go slap shot though huh. i really enjoy that one um and that's not trying to pander to the hockey community. Come on. <laughs> uh, what I guess what I call it, what I what I consider it the best like sports movie of all time. No, but it's really, really like really good. It's, nice. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Um, Did he direct it? I don't know. Or was he I, just an actor at that time? I, I, yeah, I feel like he was just an actor at that time. Okay. Um, Wilford Brimley's in it. He's still the same age as Wilford Brimley has always been and always will be. Nice. Um, Born old. But God, he was he was really great in it too. Um, Natural was directed by Barry Levinson. That's uh. what it was. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was. It, it, I feel like if I had seen that movie when I was really getting into like when if I was like ten, eight, eight nine or ten, I would have been like, holy shit. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw a um, Redford movie in, during my film school um, stuff, I think in the last maybe two, three months, Three Days of the Condor. Yeah. Hmm. Excellent, excellent spy, you know, mm. intrigue, Espionage. DC film. It's got a it, it very, like, it, very um, kind of <laughs> just like, Okay, we're in it now. Scene mm-hmm. like very early in the movie <laughs> that I was not expecting in any way, <laughs> and yeah. it yeah kind of set the stage. It's good. And the most recent one before we, we if we want to move on though that I watched, I feel like I've seen it before, but I just it was one of those movies that my dad had a VHS of, but I just I always was interested in it because of the actors, but I wasn't it wasn't quite as fast moving enough for me at the time was no way out with Kevin Costner okay. and oh. Gene Hackman. Oh shit. This movie A is it's really good. It's a, it's also like a very early Will Patton performance. Okay, yeah. Um but it has the most batshit twist <laughs> at the end that it does not have any sort of like um, oh my God payoff within the plot. It's just like, it's been a subplot the whole movie. And at the very end of the movie, they're like, oh, hey, 
this is really a thing. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what? <laughs> like, like, it sets it up for their like there being no stakes. The movie just ends yeah. once you get this reveal. And the reveal really doesn't have anything to do with anything that's happened along the way. It's just been this sub like this this narrative under the surface that has sort of led to things happening but never had anything directly to do with them happening and at the very end it just drops it on you and you're like (laughs) what okay (laughs) all right all right costner was this before or after field of dreams i can't remember (laughs) that would be that would be uh one up there for me too field of dreams is great yeah. yeah It's not, it can't be in the top five best all-time sports movie if Costner's not at least involved in some capacity, right? I mean, I don't know. When Field of Dreams, uh, to borrow from the Rewatchables podcast, Deanne Waiters has to be dude from 30-something, right? Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Timothy, Timothy Busfield? Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's the, one of the all-time heat checks in movie history. <laughs> yeah, he just, just almost kills his niece? Like, damn, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this coming. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, a movie that I've seen recently that I would not uh, recommend for your personal film school is the Woodstock 99 doc <laughs> that was premiered on HBO Max. I did that was well. a giant piece of <clears throat> shit, but. Um, I read a critique of that by the. What was it? <clears throat> Deaf Heaven guy? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Bennard had uh, put it on his Twitter page and like read this, so mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember if it like checked all the boxes that you hated as well. Because was it a negative? Well, he wasn't even really discussing the the merits of the film, uh-huh. like or like the production of the film. I should say it was just more of the motifs. Okay. Um, you know, where it's just like, well, you kind of know where this is leading in a capitalist society. Like, people are going to try to make money off this shit. Yeah, like, yeah. So that was my. I think that was my. It's it kind. Of, it's kind of tangent, like tangential to what you your grapes. But go mm. on with yours. But I mean, they made the they made the point of the entire movie in the first twenty minutes, which was this was the baby boom generation trying to re uh, capture the magic from their you know from their with more money yeah but now with money but now give us money so we can sell our right you know adolescents back to our kids right basically and everything that everything that went off of that was a function of this ethos to begin with right and the fact that that wasn't ever really touched on again in the rest of the movie where that was the crux of the entire issue um, was uh, I, th- I thought a failed attempt at um, a story that doesn't really need to be told because we, because there aren't really any, there aren't really any, anybody, there's nobody to really root for. Yeah. This isn't Jimi Hendrix playing the star spangled banner when the sun comes up. Right. Right. And that, and that whole, they do make a decent point too in the, in this doc, that there was a lot of fucking problems in 69. That yeah. They just whitewashed the fuck over in any subsequent Woodstock thing. It's the same thing that I was, that I said when I, wa- I tried to get through 10 minutes of Echoes in the Canyon. That fucking like self-serving piece of shit. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. It's just like, it, it's, 
they act like these all of these people were super enlightened none of them were jackasses none of them were hard to work with you know what i mean it's just and that's that's the stuff that i just can't i can't handle is just like but that's not being true to what actually historically went on Mm -hmm. and and now that there was a media presence around a live media presence around when this this stuff was going on at this concert well now it's like a fucking problem you know or or it's just it's just mtv trying to create this negative narrative on my you know it's just like go fuck yourselves you Mm -hmm. know what you're trying to do yeah 94 went off relatively without a hitch but it still had its problems that we don't talk about in this film either mm-hmm. you know and so i or movie or whatever the fuck it is but um yeah i think it was just uh an answer to a question nobody asked and they didn't even attempt to answer it at all i mean it's yeah that's a i mean i i never even actually had interest in it at the time mm-hmm. even though there's some of those bands that well rage against the machine for instance i love Right, but they don't know, see. Like, that's the thing is, that, and and that's the point I tried to make is that they try to pin it on Limp Biscuit and Fred Durst, which yeah, oh. we all know they're fucking meatheads. Yeah, you know, there's no question about that. But then right after they get done playing, I mean, Rage is on stage doing the same fucking stuff, and they light the fucking flag on fire on the stage. Mm-hmm. There's no culpability for them. They don't get Morello on going, dude. What? You know, like, do you guys have any responsibility for what happened? Well, I'm sure he refused to talk about it, A. And B, the only footage they provided of Rage Against the Machine in the movie was the, a clip of them doing the killing in the name of section of fuck you and what do we, you right. tell me, which is clearly designed to paint them in a contributing way. In a, in a meathead way. way. Like it, it, I guess, yeah. I mean, th- yeah. I mean, like, the, I didn't think it was good either. Mm-hmm. I just thought the way that they framed it was interesting um, in terms of filmmaking. He tried to make it a documentary that played out like a horror movie. Mm. He tried to, you know, he tried to just like, he tried to, to talk about all the negative things and the negative energy around it as shit just started to go up a ramp throughout the whole weekend. Um, The interesting thing that, that I, remembered from um from having i think i think it was flea was on bill simmons's podcast maybe within the last year yeah and it was much more long form obviously um and he actually kind of just cut open a vein about how by the end of the weekend because they were one of the last bands to play when shit had really just gone to yeah to complete chaos yeah and they could feel the negativity, right? You know, up there playing. So they play fire at the end of the set. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I mean, we, couldn't even, I mean, we yeah. couldn't even put our socks on our cocks. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just. I yeah, that that entire crowd got to look at Lee's or at Flea's penis at some point in that you know. So that's not that doesn't age well. Probably not. <laughs> you know, so it's, no, nobody playing naked ages well. Yeah. <laughs> It's, I'm I mean, not, not, uh, nope. Yeah, anyway. I mean, I don't care one way or the other. <laughs> Whether it's at the Triple Rock or... <laughs> the Triple Rock. <laughs> Who's at the Triple Rock? It's closed, bro. It's no more Triple Rock. Um, Was there a specific story? How no. much? How are much, we talking about it no, off no, air? No, 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 no. <laughs> 
was like, wait a minute, I played there. I kept my clothes on, right? Had some had some blackout nights there. Um, but yeah, I, I think that there was, I we think, could keep talking about nobody fucking knows who I am. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I'm the same. I'm the same way. Like it does not going to make any difference, but, uh, it, all I, all I will say in regards to that, I mean, like none of those people have done anything to me, so I don't have any reason to talk any shit. Right. So, right. Let's move on. Um, okay. but I just thought that the, on the, the Woodstock thing that it was just, I, 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 I felt like they tried to play too much of the culpability shell game. And I mean, we can talk. I mean, do you feel like any of those bands had any responsibility to try to like settle things down? I mean, is that the art? Is that even the artist's fucking job? No, no, absolutely not. That, that was, I mean, but that was part of, I felt like that was part of the story. The director told mm. was making those owners out to be complete assholes. Yeah. Like that, like, he nobody it was just that nobody editorialized it during right. during the movie right which i thought was a mistake yeah I, I guess i don't think that's a mistake i think you should just like you as the viewer should do your own editorializing yeah uh, yeah i mean i i uh, think that the i i don't think that they when they were making some of the claims that they were making i don't feel like the the documentary did enough to sort of refute kind of cause they didn't have anybody. Well, doesn't, they didn't get, they didn't get any of the other side. You know, it's like they blamed the owners blamed all like all this stuff on Limp Biscuit or the well, organizers blamed it all on Limp Biscuit, and they couldn't get anybody from Limp Biscuit to talk about it. You know what I mean? Sure. So there was sure. never two sides of the story. I just felt like it was just, if you can only get one side, Especially we, if it's the promoter, yeah, whose yeah. job well, is to spin it anyway. So, yeah, I mean, I understand why none of the artists wanted to participate in it. I do too. That's the other, that's the other part. But I feel like so. Then I feel like the premise of the doc is flawed, but from the beginning, the doc also includes the owners um, basically telling women they deserve it. Well, yeah, and then there's that for not having clothes yeah, on. And there's that. <laughs> That's a, because that kind of drives. Did you hear me. that shit? No. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> not a what? Yeah, and Michael, uh, not my, the the kind of original hippie that uh, organized the first Woodstock. Not him. The sort of other slick, like real estate mogul looking motherfucker. Um, he he was basically blaming youth culture for not wearing clothes. Yeah, and saying that that's why women are getting raped. Just because yeah. they don't have clothes on at a concert where it's too hot to, and there's no water. Yeah, on a fucking air force base. Yeah, where the like, concrete is. Yeah, anybody that stood on a on tarmac you. knows how fucking hot that is. Mm-hmm. Like, or a roof. Or a roof. <clears throat> wow. Roof or roof. That's why I mean I feel I feel like <laughs> I feel like good mood lightener. I, I do I, I feel like it was it was it could have been done far better than it was. But I still feel like there's footage there that people will get clowned for, rightfully so, if anybody takes the time to actually dissect it. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel just as sensitive to it from a, a generational perspective. Just like, like we should, you know, we should litigate this correctly or arbitrate it correctly with, you know, who was involved and what they said and what they were about. Um. But there were certain things about it that I'd never even thought of before, which I guess is it was just one of the reasons why I was like, God, it's one of those things where 
you know, you, you consume a story, um, and then stop and think and you're like, Jesus Christ, I am just a stupid white dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the fact that there was like one woman artist each day. Yeah. Yeah. And 94 was so much more eclectic mm-hmm. and I didn't make like 99 to be fair. Um, I think at the time that Woodstock happened, a line was on a shitty fucking basement tour, like a show every three days, like just basically living in a van for no reason, driving around the U S. <laughs> yeah. So we were like under the underground, you know, and, and if we stayed anywhere where MTV was available and we saw Woodstock shit, we were like, we were so just repulsed by, you know, a, the jealousy of that being, what we wanted to do and right. couldn't do it and be the fact that like the new metal thing was just so like, it, it was just, it, we were, you know, we just, we wanted to go the other way. Mm. Yeah. We wanted to just turn and go the other way. And battle of LA hadn't come out yet. So like at the time we weren't all that, like there wasn't really much interest in the fact that rage was playing. It was just prior to battle of LA coming. So mm-hmm. we were still like, you know, we had kind of worn off the evil empire run and we're kind of listening to other music and it, that wasn't happening yet. So to me, when I looked at that festival, I was just like, this is a bunch of shit I'm not interested in. Yeah. And so I really didn't pay much attention to it at the time. And I remember hearing about, um, all the, like the quote unquote rioting and, you know, the Fred Durst headlines of people being on fucking porta potty, uh, doors. Mm hmm you know, crowd surfing or whatever. Um, but it's funny, the whole, like, there's literally no female artists or, you know, any sort of eclectic other than the fucking token techno tent. Was it basically just like fuck rock and... Well, yeah, I mean, it was Limp Biscuit, it was Corn, it was Metallica, was, they were all on Saturday night. Um, and 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 then again, once again, and somebody's got to like square with me, like, well, the whole the all of the rioting was Limp Biscuit's fault when it didn't happen for like another twenty four hours after Limp Biscuit had right, played. Right. It was a uh, like Offspring, yeah, okay. and like like pretty to, fly for a white guy Offspring, not yeah. you know, and to a lesser extent like Live, I think was there. yeah, yeah, like during the day. But I mean, like Offspring goes on stage and and. Is, hits like the uh, blow up uh, uh, that was version hilarious. of like <laughs> the Backstreet Boys with a wiffle ball bat, you know, like so it's yeah. Mm. I mean, they were stirring. I mean, they were stirring. I it, mean, it was a lot of self parody. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, you were gonna move on to Moby being a dipshit. Yeah, right? Moby's a fucking dipshit. <laughs> Moby was the well. That's the thing. (laughs) That's the thing. That's the 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 counterpoint that you that you thought the film didn't have. They attempted to have with Moby, right? (laughs) And it fell completely flat. Completely flat. The the white guy trying to preach liberalism. Yeah, Moby was like, of course, like. That guy's been see-through since I fucking heard I know. about him. I could tell this wasn't my scene. Yeah. You know, like all that. Then why the fuck like, did you book the show? Well, yeah. and, and that and, dude, white kids taking drugs is exactly your scene. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. What are you talking well, yeah, about? They're just, just taking like, the wrong drugs. It was just like we showed up 
and it was very ma- male and very white. And you didn't wh- read. Who the you fuck you, you do didn't you think re- was who listens yeah. to your music? Dumb. You didn't fuck? read the bill. Yeah, exactly. this was a fucking mystery. Exactly. Yeah, and 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 again, the the surprise of sort of the crowd, the the surprise of the promoters and the organizers of a crowd that the bands that they booked brought in was i i felt just they just skated over it like do you know who listens to these bands well of course these are the people that are going to show up yeah exactly (laughs) no one's like moms are going to show up out of curiosity it's like somebody that goes and sees a fucking stand-up comedian and doesn't look them up on youtube before they right like (laughs) it's like the old maria bamford there's a fucking like it's a comedy show. Come down and see there's some a, comedy. The, there's a story of Lynn Strait from that band Snot getting a, a fucking getting head on a giant toilet in the middle of a Limp Biscuit set. Ugh. Like years prior. That's to one of the most disgusting talking. things I've ever heard. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> that's what I mean. It was just so. Who do you want me to feel bad for here? Right. Because I'm not finding anybody. You know. And then, you know, that doesn't have to be the point of your documentary, but I mean, at least give me somebody that has. Oh, they want us to feel, they want us to feel bad for the one white kid. Or Moby. (laughs) 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 They wanted us to feel bad for the white kid who died in the pit during. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then all his journal entries are kind of racist. Yeah, dude, it's just. That's what I mean. It's just so poorly. This sounds put this sounds confused yeah. as fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, I I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't I don't blame the kids' words. The kids' words are the kids' words. Yeah. And I feel terrible that he died. But the fact that they used him and the way that they used him, and nobody was like. Yeah, you don't see the problem with what he's saying right here right. and how it might be perceived. <laughs> yeah. Because it was it was basically like any time he was he was writing in his journal and reviewing the bands he was seeing. Uh-huh. And anybody who was anywhere close to like hip hop or black culture was bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. all the rock bands were, were pretty good. good or Especially awesome. Dave Matthews. It was just, Oh god, that's gotta be conflicting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like well, some of them are white and some of them are black. I don't know how to feel about yeah, this. Exactly. I was just like, who was sitting in the edit bay during this part of the right. film? Editing? Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, you could have covered the story of the kid getting killed in the pit and it being tragic without yeah. also including all of his confused young words. Right. I don't know. Wow. I don't either. I don't know, man. This sounds, yeah, incredibly disjointed at best. And did you... I so many... Somebody, uh, and like I even needed any more of a reason to fucking just uh, roll my eyes at Moby. Somebody, I'm like, he has like full arm length tattoos. And I'm like, what the fuck did Moby do to himself? Was it henna? I couldn't know, but I couldn't tell what it, it said. And down one arm is animal and down the other arm is rights. And then he's got a vegan tattoo on his neck. I'm just like. Wow, that's a fucking mood that's going on. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just like, oh, God. Uh, I can't believe I didn't fit in at that f- this festival. Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. Oh, my God. We just spent like 20 minutes on... Did we really? On Woodstock, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I mean, so- all of the... Because like, I honestly, like I don't remember that. 
even I, I don't remember that show. And so I mean you you would have been partying at Summerfest. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I mean I yeah, it's Mosh into the Doobie Brothers. It's it, it's it's <laughs> exactly. one of those it's it is Sting. one of those it is one of those things where if you weren't really consuming MTV culture at the time, there's no reason you would have known about the show. Yeah, like, I mean, it was in New York. I mean, it's not like anybody from Minnesota would have been needing to travel to see any of those bands. They would have come through at some point. Right. Right. Huh. At the spectacular Roy Wilkins Auditorium. <laughs> That's right. Um, we didn't. We didn't cover Pig. Oh, we're gonna go back to film. I know. I should we or should we move on? We can move on. Okay. We can save pig. What's wrong um, with pig? Okay. Well then, the only, no, I don't thing, know. the only thing left is there. We spent twenty years in Afghanistan, and all we got was this lousy T-shirt. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I don't know. I think that that hard times headline I sent today says it all. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Way to go, hard times. Yep. <laughs> Good work. Yep. Now those they they bested the onion actually they did yeah what did the onion did you, what was the onion eh, they're all kind of kind of throwaway yeah yeah some, some like I think I thought one was good I kind of chuckled but I I laughed and reread and laughed again when you sent that today I was just like <laughs> oh my god this is like this is such fucking Democrat shit it's yeah. well uh, makes me laugh and I saw a tweet today that. Um, Posted that Tim Walls has sent, you know, oh, from a letter. Fart Tribune? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, close circuit to the Nordly. The Fart Tribune is killing you guys <laughs> on your own corner. Yeah. Um, you got to up your satire game. Yep. Yeah. But Tim Walls sent a, uh, uh, a letter to, I'm assuming, Biden saying, we want those Afghani refugees. Bring them on over. And there was 87 comments, and I didn't read one. Oh, good for you! Yeah, I'm so. I bet those. I bet those Afghani's are really psyched about becoming the fucking scapegoat for white yeah, America. Yeah, there, there yeah. are there, there are certain. I forget where I read it recently, but there are certain. Uh, it might have been that you know that Tony Webster guy on Twitter. He's a local kid. Oh, okay, um, and he's he's like an. Uh, Kind of like our version of Ken Klippenstein. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I do know. He's I'm like a, a freedom I'm a of big information fan guy. Of yeah. Ken. Yeah. yeah. Is I, he the guy that always is, is doing the is? Uh, he always posts like where the helicopter. Yeah. Is, or, yeah. Totally. And how they're annoying the piss out of him. <laughs> yeah. So, like yeah. yeah, but he's like a he's a decent journalist and links to like important local shit. Um, and I completely fucking forgot where I was going with this story. The Afghani refugees are coming. White yeah. America. It's it's probably not going to come back yeah, to me. Right, well, this was a fucking a whole thing. It was a torrent of ideas that <laughs> I probably shouldn't get into. But um yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as it continues to be the only like real hope we have for, you know, consensus reality changing, the squad continues to pressure everybody above them. In the Democrat elite. Oh, good. I mean, especially with, you know, this week on the issue of refugees. And I, I mean, if that- you told me a fucking, even a day ago that a U.S. president was actually going to end a war, I, I would have called you crazy. 
And yep. it's it's so fucking insane how we all react to it too. It's just it boggles the mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, it causes the mind to recoil. Because now the war media actually cares about Afghans. They Dude. care about <laughs> Afghan women. They care like so, so does, <laughs> didn't you say twenty? We were tw- there for twenty years. Twenty years. So does I'm, the NBC morning show? Yeah, like it's just my uh, goodness. I, I'm drinking those. I, it warms my heart. That doesn't care. It? Your cockles. No. <sighs> Sorry. Go on. No, I have nothing <laughs> constructive to say Neither other than I. it. Just God. I'm just like the 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 human interest stories. <laughs> it's it's i'm not homicidal (laughs) (laughs) but a wise man once said and you wonder why i'm a raving no i I was gonna go even darker than that but i i understand the john doe writings in this context (laughs) from the movie seven (laughs) detective (laughs) <laughs> did, you, uh, did you see the did you did you see the, the the my did you send the my fall plans the Gwyneth Paltrow yes yeah the fucking fucking meme <laughs> that was some dark shit man <laughs> damn this wasn't on the text thread yeah it yes, was, it was. <laughs> yeah it was you today it. yeah no it's, uh, it's my fall plans with Gwyneth Paltrow smiling as she's cooking oh dinner. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And that the was Delta fucking variant with a box. oh my god <laughs> Oh, that, I showed that to yeah. John, and she went, "Dude, I'm like, yeah." That was an that was an LOL. For yeah. me. <laughs> I don't ever want to hear another thing about that John Travolta gif ever again. Okay? <laughs> Psychopath. God. <laughs> <clears throat> it's the gyrating. <laughs> There's no gyrating going on. I'm looking at a cardboard box. He was boing, pregnant boing, with boing, his boing. child, Jer. It was a double homicide, man. I should, I should, I should amend that. Spoiler alert, by the way. And you haven't seen seven. Everybody's free to gyrate. <laughs> it's the gyrating and Travolta's face yeah. looking straight at me. Yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> It's also the cod pulsing. <laughs> it's a little, a little unnerving. <laughs> uh, well, uh, is yeah. this how we lighten the mood about a? Uh, yeah, yeah, I dude. Mean, I've gotten, I've gotten so much um, enjoyment out of pandemic-related memes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's all there is to laugh at, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's true. Uh, yeah, first Ave is not going to let anybody in without a vaccination card or being uh, vac or having a negative test within seventy two hours. Yeah, I hope they take the test thing away. That that looks all over. Like all, what do you mean? all over the all over the states. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, I was uh, I was joking with Heidi today that I wanted to do the deadhead thing and just follow quicksand for October. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> And I'm only half joking at this point, but uh. <laughs> so you could just go and be bored for like thirty days. Oh God, Jesus! Fuck. That new, new record is just fucking lame. More on that later. No, more on that now. <laughs> no, you go ahead with your your, your oh, pandemic thing. So good. <laughs> but no, I, I checked the metro in Chicago, and it was like they're even pushing it further, where it's like um, if you're not eating and drinking, you're masking. 
like in the club. Wow, yeah. Which, (sighs) which tis what it is, you know, like which is the huge decision point for me and my band on touring in October because the states we're going to (laughs) are not going to do those things. I think I've heard Ron DeSantis is going for a hundred percent effect infection rate by. He's on his way. He's on his fucking way. Hundred percent. Number one. It's and it's hilarious too because um, Fest is obviously the reason we're going there, and which is outdoor, right? Well, no. Oh, Fest is some of it is. Yes. Yeah. Fest is a is more of a South by Southwest thing. Where there's okay. like a, a couple out different outdoor stages and then several clubs are along this one stretch. Okay. And so it doesn't fall under like a, a con- enclosed festival kind of thing. Right. The state won't let them mandate vaccinations. Right. You know, because Same with Texas. Multiple different businesses and or things like that. Yeah. They you know, the festival itself can't have a policy. Wow. So the festival's policy is that all the performers and um, crew and staff have to be vaccinated. Yeah. So like we had to give them our vaccination cards to, you know, mm-hmm. make sure we're, our booking is good. But like they can't mandate it of attendees. <laughs> so essentially this whole trip is our own risk mitigation, whether or not we're willing to do it. So we're just like kind of watching the fucking world going, I, you know, we'll see. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. fuck. Maybe you'll all have fucking herd immunity by then, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> fuck if I know. Because a lot of y'all is going to be dead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and when I say herd immunity, obviously, fucking amateur scientists. I mean, in the immediate sense that you just had COVID, and for at least the next few weeks to several months, you're okay. Right. Right. Fuck per, off per, with your permanent. This isn't the fucking chicken pox. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like. You know, you just fucking pay attention to science class the next life you have. I, I don't know. I can't yeah. help you anymore. Mm. You fucking absolute dipshits. Yeah. yeah. It's frustrating. Oh, it's real frustrating. My God. Yeah. Really, yeah. I mean, that's that's my hesitancy with all this. Like, like I, I you know, most of that about following quicksand is a joke. But, like, I do want to go to some city. Mm. And it's like, Austin, There, it's an outdoor show. But it's fucking Texas. Right. So it's like, what good does that do? Because, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm even fucking a little concerned about the fine line, to be honest. Like, Well, yeah. I mean, and who even knows? When, when is that one again? October. Early October. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not. We have this thing. We're playing on Saturday. and That's a small room. It's a small room. And Where are you playing? 331. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, after that, I we're supposed to play at the beginning. I don't think we're playing at the beginning of October. Hook and Ladder just told us they're extending their tent time through the end of October. So yeah. our show is in a tent now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which might be fucking freezing. Right. <laughs> yeah. By yeah. October twenty second. I mean, I have a certain degree of trust in certain cities, but. It's. Yeah. I mean, it's I mean, fleeting by the day. It right. It obviously kind of follows a northern trajectory too. Mm-hmm. Which, geez. But I mean, we are doing better for vaccinations here. Yeah. Yeah. But <clears throat> I also say that. <clears throat> excuse me, as someone who doesn't have kids. Right. Well, and yeah. that's the thing that's like, like, because Heidi and I are going to Chicago tomorrow, 
And she's she's got more COVID patients now than she did yeah. during COVID because they closed Bethesda. Um, and so, like, her main concern is, like, getting our friends' kids sick. Mm. Like, what do we do? You know, like, that was a concern when we went out to Milwaukee. And it's just... That's the thing that all the fuck. fucking mouth breathers just don't fucking get. Yeah, it, it's just not all about you. Right. They, like, just, I, they, don't, they don't fucking get it. Yeah. yeah. And it... I mean, that's that's at best. Right. At right. worst, they don't fucking care. Right. You right. Know? Um, but yeah, that's the the big thing is like you look at the like the the breakthrough numbers, and they they try to shock you with like two hundred fifty thousand breakthrough cases, and then you do the math on the total population. Yeah. It's like it's like five you know, deaths. Yeah. Yeah. It's like point zero 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 seven percent. So, me as a vaccinated adult who basically, you know, shies away from human contact to begin with. (laughs) (laughs) I walk through a grocery store still. I grab my shit and leave. I'm not really super concerned. Um, But that's the one unknown about it is how, um, how contagious the Delta variant is and how, like, vaccinated people can still get it and pass it and not right. even have any symptoms and not know, mm. not know when to get tested, not know when exposure means they like it's because everybody got to that mental point where they were like, Oh, we're past it now. And so the whole, con- and we fucking could have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we, we sure, sure could have. have. Um, yeah, it's so yes, I'm, you know, a month and a half ago, I was thinking about a, fucking trip to play shows with my band i was stoked as fuck about it now i'm like i should we even fucking do this right like you know it's like it'd be you know be one thing if we were playing on a main stage like you know three or four bands before hot water music but we're just playing a bar down the street from you know the festivities it's just like like half the allure once we got it booked was going and seeing all the other bands you know right more than half the alert probably so i don't know we'll see hmm. i i obviously still want to fucking go I, i've still got you know travel booked and insured but right. <laughs> travel booked oh america <laughs> you son of a biscuit <laughs> <laughs> well what do you say fellas we're 120 or an hour and 22 minutes wow to this should I call Guy and see if we should end it? <laughs> yep, give him a call. I wouldn't mind doing some off-air talking. <clears throat> sure. <clears throat> All right. Well, thanks so much. This was uh, Non-Revenue Radio 103. And um, I don't know. Uh, I think realistically, we'll probably try to do these twice a month. Sure. I, every week was kind of a... I don't know. That was, I don't know. We'll talk and we'll let you know. We'll have a conference call and Mm -hmm. then we'll record after the conference call. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. Bye.